0: I'm Sheila Kast. We're on the record. Good morning. Someone who is socially isolated or lonely is at greater risk for physical or mental health problems, like heart disease, obesity, anxiety, depression, even dementia, according to the National Institute on Aging. Many seniors who are physically able to age in place do find themselves isolated, and they may fall between the cracks of services available to them. Maybe they just need a hand with cleaning or groceries or a social visit from a companion who cares. That's the mission of Lori's Hands. Today's show is an encore presentation about the nonprofit that connects college students with people who are living with chronic illness. The students lend a helping hand, and they also bring companionship. In a few minutes, we'll drop in as two Morgan State University students visit their client.
1: Honestly, I believe I get companionship. I get like, like an older friend. I get so much guidance and wisdom and advice from all of my clients. First, to hear
0: more about how Lori's Hands works, we spoke with its founder and board president, Sarah LaFave. I asked her, who is Lori?"
2: Lori was my wonderful mom. My mom lived with breast cancer for many years when my brother and I were growing up and our childhood was marked by periods of her treatment and remission as she went through cancer. And uh, we learned a lot about how chronic illness can affect an entire family by seeing her go through that.
0: So how did you come to start Lori's Hands?
2: So fast forwarding a little bit, um, my mom passed away when my brother and I were in high school and I became a freshman nursing student at the University of Delaware in 2007. And I had this kind of bizarre experience where I you know, was partially inspired to become a nurse because of my family's experience with my mom's cancer. And as we started to um, engage in our nursing education, so much of what we were learning was very specific to what happens in the hospital or in a clinical setting. And I kept thinking back to how my mom's cancer had affected us every single hour of every day in our daily lives at home. And I really wanted to find a way for students like myself to learn from patients in the home and in the community where so much of our health happens. And founding Lori's Hands gave me an opportunity to do that and also to honor my mom's legacy and be able to say her name every day and talk about her story.
0: It started as a club at the University of Delaware and then became a nonprofit
2: that's right in the beginning it was just a group of my classmates and myself we would go out um, after class or on the weekends we'd make these weekly visits to visit people living in the community who were going through cancer treatment like my mom or had another chronic illness and we would help with things around the house that were super easy for us to do in an hour or two hours and at the same time, we were learning so much about um, the healthcare system and about illness from these people that we were visiting each week.
0: And that was in Newark, Delaware. How do you come to be in Baltimore?
2: Yeah, um, so we've been active in Newark, Delaware since 2009. After our founding cohort of volunteers graduated from UD, we said, hey, this thing's got legs. You know, we really want to see Lori's hands continue after our time as students. So we um, transitioned into a nonprofit after we graduated. And then from there, we started to get inquiries from other communities who wanted to see Lori's hands come to their area. And we started to think through how we could expand responsibly and be able to sustain ourselves in additional locations. And a couple of our board members, myself included, lived in Baltimore um, after we graduated from UD. And it seemed like a really natural step to bring Lori's Hands with us into this city that we love so much.
0: And now you're in Detroit.
2: That's right. And so in January of this year, we launched our third chapter in the Metro Detroit area. And we're hoping that in a few years, we'll be able to tell you that Lori's Hands is in states all across the country.
0: How do you locate students and clients?
2: Yeah. So um, our students come from local colleges and universities in each chapter location. So in Baltimore, we've had students from Morgan and Coppin and Hopkins and University of Baltimore and several other um, institutions. And these are in many cases students who are studying to go into nursing or to go into medicine or nutrition and really want this hands-on kind of practical experience of learning from people like our clients who are very much like the patients who they'll eventually serve. And so our students are sometimes placed with us for a field placement or a clinical rotation. Sometimes they're just deciding to do this on their own as a volunteer on their own time. And then our clients are typically referred to us by other community organizations and healthcare providers. So very often it'll be a social worker who is discharging a patient from the hospital and says hey this person could really use some support when they get back home. Or maybe it's a nurse at the MS society who um, recognizes a need that their client has, and in some cases it's um, a religious leader or a community leader who refers somebody to Rory's hands.
0: This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Sarah LaFave, founder of Lori's Hands, a nonprofit that connects college students studying healthcare with older adults who need assistance at home. Are all the clients living with chronic illness?
2: They are. So um, we're pretty open minded about what constitutes a chronic illness, but all of our clients do have Some type of support need with an instrumental activity of daily living. So that's something like grocery shopping, meal preparation, housework, um, things that fatigue and mobility concerns can make difficult for a person.
0: How many students and clients are involved in Lori's hands?
2: So in Baltimore, we're working with about 20 clients each week, and each client is visited by um, two students at a time, and we're really eager for more referrals. We have a lot of capacity to continue to engage additional clients and volunteers in Baltimore. Um, In our Newark-Delaware chapter, which has been around a lot longer, we work with hundreds of students and clients each week, and we're hoping to grow our Baltimore chapter over time to be that same size.
0: Give me a picture of what kind of help the students provide for clients.
2: Yeah, so the visits that students make are very much client-directed. So our clients decide what's important to them and what they'd like to do during their weekly visits with students. So it looks really different client by client. One example I'll give you, we have um, a client who's been with Lori's hands for a number of years. He was diagnosed with MS when he was in his 50s. And his uh, multiple sclerosis has made it difficult for him to independently navigate his kitchen. And cooking is one of his favorite hobbies. He is a lifelong home chef. So when our students started visiting, he asked them to be his sous chefs. So he sits in his motorized scooter, and he um, tells them what to do because he knows all about how to cook great meals and our students run around and pull things from high shelves and reach the back burners on the stove and together they work to make a delicious meal and when his wife gets home from work on those evenings um, it's the one night a week when there's already dinner waiting for her and her husband's got awesome stories to tell her about his time with the students um, we have other clients who need help just running the vacuum cleaner, or maybe they don't have a lot of visitors and they want to sit and play cards with our students. Um, it really varies based on what is important to a person.
0: You have some full-time staff running and organizing Lori's Hands. How, how is all this paid for?
2: So we're dependent on the generosity of corporations and grant-making organizations and individual donors. We try to run a really lean organization. Our operations in Baltimore are run just by Maddie Haggerty, who's our chapter manager in Baltimore, um, and then a whole lot of student leaders who help her with outreach and other administrative responsibilities.
0: What do you think the students get out of their participation?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I love it because one of the most important parts of Lori's hands is that it is a reciprocal relationship. So both our students and our clients are benefiting from their partnership. Our students tell us that this is one of the experiences they most value from their time in college. And for some of them, that's because they're invited into a person's home an older person who in many cases really comes to care about them and become almost like a surrogate grandparent and that can be really meaningful during the stressful years that you're a college student for other students it confirms or changes their career interests they might say hey i always thought I wanted to work with kids but you know working with older adults might be for me Um, and for other students it helps them build confidence that on their first day of a clinical rotation it's not also the first day that they've talked to a stranger they've had these comfortable Lori's hands visits, where they've learned how to communicate across generations and other lines of difference. And um, so then on that first day of clinical, they can really pay attention to how to hang an IV bag instead of thinking about, you know, how to talk to somebody they've never talked to before.
0: That's on the student side. Beyond the, the help with housekeeping and chores, what do clients get from Lori's hands?
2: Our clients tell us that beyond the practical help that they get each week from our students, one of the things they love most about Lori's Hands is that they know that they're also contributing. They are, um, it's a real sense of purpose that can be gained when you know that you're contributing to somebody's um, professional and personal development. And in many cases, you know, our clients have so many gifts to give, they um, are wise, they have um, incredible stories to tell and um, advice to give. And if you're somebody who might be homebound because you have trouble getting out of your apartment or your row home because of mobility concerns, you might not have a lot of opportunities to give back and to contribute. And this is one of the ways um, that you can do that even from, from your own home.
0: What do you think your mom, Lori, would think about all that you've created in her name?
2: (laughs) Well, my mom was a very humble person, so she would probably roll her eyes that I attached her name to something and that, um, you know, I I talk about her story all the time. But beyond that joking, um, uh, rolling of the eyes, I think she would be Really proud because she was the kind of person who gave in really generous, practical, humble kind of ways. Like she was never making a big show out of her generosity, she just noticed what people really needed most and showed up when it mattered most. And that's what our students are doing. You know, Every Wednesday afternoon, a client can depend that two friendly people are going to show up on the doorstep and do what they say that they're going to do. And when you're going through a difficult experience, that can matter so much to somebody.
0: I appreciate your telling us about it. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell our story.
0: Sarah Lefevre founded Lori's Hands in honor of her mother, Lori Lefevre. It's a nonprofit that connects college students studying health care with older adults who need home assistance. Short break now on The Record. When we're back, we'll drop in on a Lori's Hands home visit to find out what it's like. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Today, we're revisiting our show about the nonprofit Lori's Hands. We just heard from its founder. The nonprofit pairs college students studying health care with people who experience chronic illness and others who need help. The students provide assistance with daily living tasks, and the home visits also provide intergenerational companionship. Morgan State University students D'Nazia Samuel, an aspiring nurse, and Tabria Cephas, who's completing her master's in public health, have been helping Aloma Bama once a week at her home in Mount Vernon. On the record, producer Melissa Gear stopped by during her recent visit. Hi, guys. Come on in.
3: Hi, how are you? Hi, 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 hi. Hello. Hi, oh, so come on in.
4: Aloma Obama was born blind, but has some remaining vision. She says that's adequate for some things, but not for most things.
3: My message, text field. Message, text field. Are you guys on your way up, question mark?
4: She uses technology to help read email, texts, or articles online. But when it comes to images, food labels, or going through pamphlets and brochures, she needs human help.
3: With a live reader, I can say, a human reader, I can say, no, skip that. Next, I'm only looking for a phone number. Just give me the website. That's all I need off of this. And I don't have to go through all of the technological ways that I could read it and wait to get just the one or two things I need.
4: As a consultant in gerontology and aging, Aloma has collected stacks and stacks of informational brochures at conferences. She says by getting those organized, she will be of more help to her clients. Morgan State students D'Nasia and Tabria help her with that.
3: Okay. We'll split these piles up. I have no idea what's in here. what is this tickets
5: to blaze add more sizzle to your life but see your box office
3: oh let's hear this one what is this? see i like
5: theater how it works the sbo brochure is published quarterly listing all available events the brochures and request forms are mailed to all sbo members many of the events offer complimentary tickets
3: wow i've never heard of this program Okay, so I can't do anything with that now, but I definitely want to keep it. Mm-hmm. So can you put that in our famous box over there? Yes. Yeah. We have been mostly reading mail and clearing out materials that I have had sitting here for some time. You know, it is a print world, and we all know this. And so if I have a pile of print things that I can't get to, It often takes a very long back seat in the priority pile of reading materials. So I might have some groceries or mail or something else that has to be done first. So everything else just sits there and collects and collects. And so we are trying to clear out some of my backlog. Handy Services is all about helping seniors stay Both D'Nasia and,
4: and Tabria found out about Lori's Hands from their Morgan State University advisors. The job description of assisting clients with daily living activities while also getting to know them was really appealing. Here's Tabria.
5: I really like the mission of Lori's Hands, how, you know, college students kind of bridge the gap between older generation and the younger generation. Because I feel like it's easy to look at somebody that's years older than you and think that you don't have anything in common with them. But when you actually sit down and have a conversation, you know, you can sit down and you can kiki kaka or they can give you good advice or they can be the person that you can vent to or they can give you, you know, make you feel good. Dinesha agrees
1: honestly i believe i get companionship i get like like an older friend i get so much guidance and wisdom and advice from all of my clients and i also get laughs aloma definitely has me cracking up every single week whether it's helping her put up a christmas tree uh, reading mail or with my other clients, shredding papers, doing um, lawn work, or even calling to fill prescriptions. It's just really, it's uplifting.
4: Both students receive credit for their volunteer hours with Lori's hands, but for them, the experience goes way beyond academics. Here's to Bria again.
5: Even though, you know, as you've seen, we were just going through her mail and other paperwork, this really means a lot to her because if we weren't here, she would be struggling to try to get it done herself and it would just be piling up. And she really looks forward to us coming. And as you've seen, you know, we're joking and laughing, having a good time. It doesn't feel like we're working for, you know, our school. We're actually having fun. So, and it's nice that she actually makes lets us know that she does appreciate us like every time we leave you know she'll tell us you know thank you so much for coming you know if we're a couple minutes over like oh i'm so sorry this that and we're like no we're good we're chilling we weren't looking at the time we're having a good time so in the end like your time spent is worth more than just credit from a school you know you're actually making a difference in someone's life and at some point we're going to be in the same position where we're at that age where we need help and we would hope that this organization would still be around and volunteered for still propititate and they could be there to help us as well. Aloma, as a client,
4: appreciates the assistance, but she can view this service from her
3: professional
4: perspective, too.
3: It makes a huge difference in my life to have Lori's hands and have the students, and we do spend some time in the beginning. Before we get down to the work, we catch up a little bit, share stories, find something to laugh about. But I don't need that piece of Lori's hands. But I must say, as a gerontologist, one of the things that impresses me the most with Lori's hands is companionship. They can go into an older adult's home and sit and watch television. And I am very much aware of how desperately that is needed for a lot of older adults who don't have a network of their own or companionship, and they need that so they're not fully isolated. And that, I think, is one of the best parts that Lori's Hands does.
4: Daneja, Tabria, and Aloma have been meeting once a week since the summer. So during our interview, they shared many inside jokes there seemed to be a lot of giggling surrounding the assembly of a Christmas tree. So as we were wrapping up the conversation, I asked them about it. Dinesha started the story, but as a testament to their friendship, of course, they all had to chime in.
1: So for weeks, um, Aloma had this Christmas tree in a, box. in a box. And we've been, me and Tabria, we've been anticipating opening it. And then one day, one went One day when we came, we opened it and we set it up, you know, and then we were like, okay, it's kind of looking a little, a little, a little different. And so we started to fluff out the Christmas tree out and then we turned on the lights and then we were like, oh no. Aloma was like, oh no, this, just take it down. This needs to go back. She was like, this is... A piece of crap right. we wrote it on <laughs> yes label. we wrote on the return label piece of crap do not recommend buying ever again <laughs> and that was the funniest moment ever
5: I think it was like three weeks ago and then it was funny because I caught myself pulling out the instructions I'm looking I was like these instructions aren't even in English so then the comes over And she takes the paper and flips it over, (laughs) because I had it upside down. And that should have been the sign that that was not going to be a
3: good Christmas tree. It was really ugly. (laughs) It was a really ugly Christmas tree. And it wasn't anything like what I anticipated when I bought it. It looked like two trees stuck together to make one. It was awful. It was awful.
4: So I don't see any Christmas decorations or ornaments up now yeah, is that yeah. coming or yes, it's
3: coming um, uh, they don't know this yet but after Thanksgiving one of our times we won't be reading we will be de- dragging uh, Christmas decoration tubs and boxes and stuff out of my storage in the hall and bringing them in here well they
4: don't know it yet but they know it now <laughs>
0: Oregon State University students and Lori's Hands volunteers, Denesia Samuel and Tabria Cephas, visit client Aloma Bama at her Mount Vernon home once a week. On the record, producer Melissa Gear stopped by during a recent visit. Lori's Hands connects college students with senior citizens and others who need assistance with tasks of daily living. If you or someone you know needs help like this in the home, we have more information about Lori's Hands, as well as resources at the Baltimore City Health Department Office of Aging Services and the Maryland Department of Aging, all at the On the Record page at wypr.org. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Join us again tomorrow.